With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Today is July 12th, 2022, and our first story. The Democrats' January 6th committee has featured a clip from Timcast. That's right. A clip from my show and podcast out of context of me reading the news to claim that I was pouring fuel on the fire or something, encouraging people to go down on January 6th. The hearing's a sham. I've long said it. Violence doesn't work and no one should be engaging in it. At the same time, Elon Musk has said Trump should hang up his hat. DeSantis should run and DeSantis should win. And you know what? I mostly agree with him. In our next story, New York has released a PSA warning people of how to survive a nuclear attack. I'll break down Russia's new Sarmat 2 nuclear missile, which could be used to basically wipe out the eastern seaboard very quickly. And in our last story, Starbucks gets woke and goes broke. 16 stores are closing down after opening the bathrooms to the public resulted in a danger to their employees and rampant drug use. We saw this coming. They pander to the woke mob and now they lose. If you like the show, give us a good review, leave us five stars and share the show with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. Ah, the moment has finally come when yours truly, Tim Pool, was featured by the January 6th committee. I was wondering if I was ever going to be famous enough to make their silly little sham hearing. The January 6th committee, mind you, is a non-adversarial hearing where people just lie, make things up, and apparently it's treated as fact. Let me give you the, uh, the lowdown, my friends. I get a text message and they're like, I couldn't help but notice that, uh, uh, you know, you were on the January 6th hearing. And I was like, wow, what did the uh, Democrats trying to stop Trump from running in 2024? What did they say about me? And apparently nothing. It's literally nothing from me. The craziest thing. They're trying to make it seem like uh, these prominent pro-Trump YouTubers were pouring fuel on the fire or whatever. Oh, poor babies. Listen. In the United States, we have a right to a First Amendment. And in that First Amendment, I can read the news. Our good friend Salty Cracker was getting played as well. His is a bit more edgy and funny than mine. But the clip they show of me is literally me like Fox News has reported that Donald Trump says there will be a wild protest on January 6th. More information at 8 p.m. at Timcast IRL. I love it. I'm like, come on. There's tons of other things you could have pulled out of context, like me quoting someone. This is what's funny about it. These people are like, oh, they, they showed you, Tim. Oh, you were right. Uh, OK, here's the story. There was a, new, uh, a Fox News article. Donald Trump says the protests on January 6th will be wild. That was December 19th, 2020. And I said, yeah, uh, I think it will be, you know, and um, hey, violence doesn't work. This has long been a position that I've maintained ever since. I mean, before uh, uh, going back to 2011, during Occupy Wall Street, we had this thing with what was called the Black Bloc, a sect of leftist violent protesters who were violent. And the majority of us maintained the violence was hurting the cause, was hurting the, the anti-establishment uh, ide like anti-establishment anti ideas and making you look like the bad guys. 
We even contemplated a way to uh, try and advocate for nonviolence. And then we saw with Black Lives Matter and, and the George Floyd incident that they had tremendous support until they started rioting. And then they lost all of that support. So my position is and always will be you need political tact, strategy, but violence will hurt you. It doesn't work. I suppose maybe if the country implodes and people are fighting in the streets and you're defending yourself, sure, I mean, defend yourself. But any idea of a violent riot helping a violent riot helping your cause is just absolutely not true. Now, here's the best part. They call me a pro-Trump YouTuber. Thanks, guys. I mean, it is true that I did vote for Donald Trump and I lean more towards Trump than, uh, you know, the Democrats, especially. But even right now, I tweeted earlier today before they even published this video about me. Ron DeSantis is better all around. But of course, they don't like Ron DeSantis either. So the actual story I was preparing to do was about Elon Musk saying that Trump should hang up his hat and DeSantis should run because DeSantis is going to win. And I was going to be like, I agree, good sir, Elon Musk. But then I get a text message. So I'm going to play the clip and then we're going to talk a little about what's a little bit what's, uh, about what's going on with J6 and Steve Bannon. <clears throat> here's the, here's the gist of it. They want to smear me. They want to smear Salty Cracker. They want to smear whoever they can. They're trying to hurt Donald Trump's chances in 2024. You know what? I don't care. I've long maintained that Ron DeSantis is substantially better than Donald Trump. But Donald Trump, if he got in, I think he's more likely to fire people who need to be fired, which is why I've been like, man, it's a tough call. I think it's possible that Donald Trump loses. I do. I don't think it's likely, but I think there's a decent probability of it. The New York Times put out a poll showing that Joe Biden would beat Donald Trump. I think that's laughable, but far be it for me to claim I know what's going to happen, considering I was wrong about 2020 and 2018. I learned my lesson. What I will say about 2020 and my predictions is that I did see the growing support for Donald Trump. What I didn't see was the growing opposition. And I was surprised. Um, I was surprised to see that the media narrative had worked so well. So I was wrong about that. I don't care if I'm wrong. Look, I'm a dude who, who gives his opinion on the Internet after reading news stories. I'm not a psychic. I get things wrong. I do get some things right. And when I do get them right, I'm like, hey, look, I got that right. But let me play this video for you, show you what they're saying and why they're saying it. Uh, it's rather simple. And then we'll talk about Bannon testifying to the January 6th committee. And more importantly, Ron DeSantis will be the bulk of this segment. Uh, uh, I want to talk about Elon Musk addressing the issue. Before we get started, Head over to TimCast.com and become a member of one of the fastest growing media, indep independent media organizations on the planet. That's right. We are fast, fast growing. I don't know what that means. Look, we're, we're, we're decently big for who we are and what we do. I'm surprised at the things we're able to do thanks to your support. We're, uh, we're going to be picking up some comedy specials. We're going to be calling out the lies and bringing on journalists to challenge the establishment narratives and prove that they're liars who just want to steal power. So, of course, they want to smear me. They don't like the fact that uh, I am not far right. I am not the most staunchest of Trump supporters, but I did vote for the guy. Fair point. I agree with him on some things. So call me what you want to call me. But they don't like the idea that what we are, it, uh, we are upstart, younger generation relative to them, at least. I mean, I'm 35, uh, 36, not 35. And uh, we, we are here to take over. You are not the elites anymore. We are building something new. The Daily Wire is building something new. Many individuals are going to challenge that system and they don't like it. They don't like that you're supporting the work we do and they can't do anything to stop us. Let me show you the clip in question. Oh, here we go. Um, 
I will say for YouTube, they call him a, a pro Trump YouTuber. Salty does a, a Salty Cracker does a big uh, stream on Rumble um, where he's uh, uh, more uh, edgy. Here's the clip from me. I love this. On that day, Trump says, show up for a protest. It's going to be wild. And based on what we've already seen from the previous events, I think Trump is absolutely correct. Motherfucker, you better. That was it. That, that was that was it. And then Salty comes in with the swearing. Maybe you didn't hear it. I don't know. I'm going to put a flag on the uh, on the uh, iTunes version of this. I'll have to remember to do that. That's it. Look, it's a clip of me reading Fox News on December 19th, 2020, a Fox News article that says Trump promises wild protests in Washington, D.C. on January 6th, claims it's impossible he lost. Well, I think Donald Trump is wrong. I think I underestimated the opposition. I think you look at the data in hindsight, and there's a lot of issues that we can challenge, like the constitutionality of mail-in voting and all of that stuff. Fair point. But this is me reading Fox News. Is that what the... the, the uh, uh, January 6th takes as some kind of evidence of me doing anything to promote what Donald Trump was saying. I'll tell you this on Timcast IRL and on all of my channels, I said I was intending to go down on January 6th to see what was what was going on because people were planning on doing shows and things like that. And I said, OK, we can set up like a podcasting thing in a hotel. It's the president because he was the president at the time and then uh, interview people who are down there. Donald Trump had a big rally and said that they were going to go peacefully march to the Capitol. And then bad stuff happened. There was a riot. People were injured. Some people some people died at the Capitol not police. Um, cops shot a lady. And it was bad. What did I say the night before? I said there's uh, the night, not, not only the night before, but several nights before I said I was planning on going unless I think that people actually might get violent. So, uh, yeah, when there's a video of me saying it's probably going to get wild and I'm saying I won't go down there if people want to riot, I am not there at any of these events to support what I believe is a failure, failing tactic. And anybody who argues that violence works is probably a fed, which is why the night before when that guy was his name, Ray Epps, started yelling, he wanted people to go in the Capitol, they started chanting fed at him. Well, apparently a bunch of dumb people went in. Now, to be fair, a lot of these people who went in the building on January 6th were let in. That's a fact. A man was actually acquitted of all charges because of a video of him being motioned in by the police. So what happens is on one side of the building, you have a violent, violent riot, a lot of fighting, injuries. It's bad stuff. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But are we going to get a hearing on the 529 insurrection? When far left extremists tore down the barricades in front of the White House, set fire to a guard post and to the church in front of the building, trying to breach the White House, forcing the president of the United States into the emergency bunker. No, no hearing there, right? So by all means, please tell everyone in the world my name. Give me the chance to call out the hypocrisy and the lies. One, violence doesn't work. 
And, and, and to be honest, even some nonviolent civil disobedience doesn't work. We saw that video of people blocking the highway and that guy who was on parole gets arrested. Yeah, that was a failure. You want to win hearts and minds. You want to win the confidence of the people. Attacking people doesn't do that for you. It's a mistake and it's wrong. And as I've long maintained, the people who rioted should be arrested and should be charged. Some of these people have tried claiming, oh, I was let in. And then the judge is like, there's a video of you climbing over barricades and swinging things at people. Okay, well, those people should get charged. What we see now, the January 6th committee doing what leftist grifters love to do. Take my words out of context to try and smear me. But for what? Well, you see, here's the funny thing. Timcast, uh, we get around like 50 to 60 million views every month as a network. During 2020, at this time, we were getting around 120 million. It was massive. Uh-oh, that's a problem. They banned Milo Yiannopoulos. They banned Laura Loomer. They banned Donald Trump. They didn't like people who were propping up Donald Trump and fervently supporting him. Well, I am no fervent supporter of Donald Trump. I voted for him. He has some good policies, and he's better than Joe Biden. But I'm not a fan of his character, and I say that all the time. But uh-oh, now you've got post-liberal, semi-moderate like you know, individuals. What do you do? They're lending a voice to people like <gasps> Marjorie Taylor Greene. Yeah, well, too bad. If it's true, it's true, and I'll interview anybody. We had Enrique Tarrio on the show. <gasps> oh, no, he's being charged with seditious conspiracy. Look, we're a media and news company. We interview people. Larry King used to interview a ton of uh, crazy people, too. It's, it's nonsense. We have a First Amendment right. Unless, of course, you think we don't. Then you're a fascist, as it were. Well, right now, we're hearing that Steve Bannon is going to be testifying to the January 6th panel. This will be interesting. And I think it's all part of the plan. Steve Bannon did not testify to the closed door hearings. And I think it was the right move in my personal opinion, which I'm allowed to have. And the reason is he may get in trouble for contempt of Congress because they take these interviews out of context. Oh, the best thing they could apparently muster of me is me reading Fox News, I guess. Sure. They say that I was, uh, you know, what, fueling the flame or something like that, even though I outright said if it gets violent, I won't go anywhere near it. And I re repeatedly said people should not go if there's going to be violence. Well, too bad. Too bad they want to smear everybody. It's not going to work. They're losing. They're losing and the polls show it. This stuff is nonsense and nobody cares. Who do they care about? They care about gas prices. So I see these memes and people are like, I care about the January 6th hearings. And I'm like, uh-huh. Sure. Do they really care about the January 6th hearings? No. Regular people care about the gas pumps. So now we've got tweets coming out. I just got one sentiment from the newsroom. Uh, they're playing clips from people, including Tim Pool and Alex Jones, hyping up the January 6th rally and calling for supporters to descend upon Washington for a red wedding. I never said red wedding. Or I don't know. That doesn't sound like anything I would say. It's funny how the Trump supporters can call me a bunch of slurs and say I'm a pathetic milquetoast fence sitter. And then the January 6th committee can just come out and be like, he's a pro-Trumper who's pouring gas on the, fl on, on, on the flames. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's where we're currently at with the state of politics. From the Washington Times, Elon Musk blasts Trump criticism, says it's time for ex-president to hang up his hat. Oh, heavens. You know, I want to stress this point. This is the original uh, uh, segment that I was going to do. Donald Trump called Elon Musk a BS artist at an Alaskan rally. 
Elon Musk responded by saying that Donald Trump should hang up his hat and Ron DeSantis should run because it's a victory that's a given. I think it's funny because I actually agree with that. And while I'm getting ready to do a segment, I've got all the clips pulled up and everything. We've got predict it here showing Ron DeSantis on the rise, but Donald Trump still beating him. I've talked about the polls before that they would come out and be like, look at this pro Trump YouTuber. Mm. YouTuber? Heavens, January 6th committee. I'm a podcaster and the CEO of an, uh, let's just say a large media company. Uh, We'll put it at that. We're uh, growing quickly. We have multiple shows. We have very big deals in the works. We have over 30 employees. Maybe we're not the biggest, but we are growing. And in a few years, we will be bigger than CNN. And with your help at TimCast.com, even faster. But anyway, I digress. You know, look, for all that Trump is that I do agree with, I think Ron DeSantis is way better. And I'll tell you the first and most important thing to me, military experience. Ron DeSantis was in the Navy. He was a a, a JAG officer, I believe it's called. I'm not super familiar with military stuff, but so he knows legal. He knows law. And he was in the Navy. And I I think that's extremely, extremely important for a commander in chief. Now, there are some concerns about uh, Ron DeSantis's foreign policy, his support, uh, uh, his his opposition to uh, BDS, what is it? Uh, boycott, divest, and sanction on Israel. Questions about whether or not he will truly be free speech and whether or not he will have good foreign policy. It's tough. When it comes to what we care about in this country, it is very much culture war and domestic cultural issues in which Ron DeSantis is the superstar. Of course, they'll try and smear him. Here's a story from the Washington Times. Tesla and SpaceX CEO Elon Musk called for former President Donald Trump to quit politics, escalating a war of words between the influential billionaires with their eyes on dominating social media marketplace. I don't hate the man, but it's time for Trump to hang up his hat and sail into the sunset, Mr. Musk said on Twitter. Dems should also call off the attack. Don't make it so that Trump's only way to survive is to regain the presidency. Mr. Musk's commentary was posted in response to a video of Mr. Trump's remarks at a political rally in Alaska, hammering Mr. Musk after he publicly sought to walk away from taking over Twitter. Mr. Trump pitched the audience on his own social platform, Truth Social, and he said he previously told people Mr. Musk would not go through with the Twitter acquisition. Quote, you know, he said the other day, oh, I've never voted for a Republican. I said, I didn't know that. He told me he voted for me, Mr. Trump said at the rally on Saturday. So he's another BS artist and he's not going to be buying it. Mr. Musk disputed that he told Mr. Trump he voted for him in a tweet saying that was not true. So actually, here's the tweets from Elon Musk. We have this video from Breitbart. Elon Musk says, I don't hate the man, but they should call the attack. Adam Irvin responded saying, hmm, I'm a little surprised this is your take. I say Trump DeSantis 2024, DeSantis 2028 and 32. Elon Musk said Trump would be 82 at the end of term, which is too old to be chief executive of anything, let alone the United States of America. If DeSantis runs against Biden in 2024, then DeSantis would would easily win. He doesn't even need to campaign. I agree. I completely agree. Hands down. I agree. Mr. Elon Musk. Yeah, Trump would be 82. That is too old. And I'm not going to sit here and play these games where the diehard Trump supporters are like, Trump is the best no matter what. The ragging on Elon. Well, so be it. I've never come here to pander to anybody. It's true. Donald Trump is close to being 80. He would be 82 at the end of his term. He's too old for my liking. Now, you got a Ron DeSantis who's done a tremendous job protecting freedoms. In Florida, kept, he reopened businesses. He did right by his people, opposing mandates. He's opposing the gender ideology, the critical race theory ideology. 
Ron DeSantis is a lot younger. He's got military experience, hands down leadership material. It's why he is such a rising star. Now, I'll tell you my one concern as I often bring it up. The January 6th committee is so scared of Donald Trump because he's going to fire so many people. And that's what I really want to see. Fired. You're fired. To be fair, Donald Trump could have done this in his first term, and he didn't. And for what reason? Russiagate? Well, look how that turned out for him not firing these people. He should have just done it. I suppose the fear was that if he started firing people, then they'd be like, see, look, you know, he's dismantling the government. He's a bad guy or whatever. I don't think Ron DeSantis will go in and will clean house. I don't think so. And we really need it. We need term limits for the administrative state. If you are appointed to a position in the federal government, such as, uh, you know, working in any of these intelligence agencies, there should be a cap on how many years you can be in. It's fine, in my opinion, if there's an overlap between the head of the FBI and presidents. Like, you got a president in for four years, and you've got an FBI director who starts two years into the term, and then he works for four years into the two years of the next president's term, and that will dictate a ton of policy, domestic uh, law enforcement, and then with the CIA, foreign policy stuff. It is a problem for the United States that we have a, a revolving executive branch and federal government. You get a president who comes in and says, we're going to go to this country and do this. And another president comes in and says, no, we're not. We're stopping that. Another president comes in. Hey, look, Vladimir Putin's got a major advantage in that he is a, basically a dictator. But the problem is we don't want to live under the boot of any kind of despotic authoritarian. So it's better we have the rotation, right? It does come with that problem, which is why the best thing we can do is probably create a similar rotation for the administrative state. You see, there is an advantage in having despotic authoritarians with a singular plan. But what happens when you live under them? As we've seen with Vladimir Putin, he will jail his opposition. And now, as we're seeing with the administrative state, they're willing to do the exact same thing. Ah, yes, the administrative state effectively is our authoritarian dictatorship. We need to break that apart. Will Ron DeSantis do it? I don't know. So there's the challenge. With Donald Trump, it's like a guarantee. The dude's going to go in like a raging bull seeking revenge and just smack things around. But with Ron DeSantis, I think it's possible he gets in and says, I'm going to be tough and firm, but we're going to try and settle things down and work together. And then what do you get? Neocon warmongering garbage? I don't know, man which is why I'm uh, skeptical a bit. You know, look, I didn't vote for Donald Trump the first time. I voted for him the second time because I saw him getting our troops out of the Middle East. I saw the Abraham Accords. I saw school choice. And I said, look, I'll take what I can get. Joe Biden's going to make everything worse. And he did. Gas prices, inflation, just everything all around worse. My fear with Ron DeSantis he gets in and then we get more with Middle Eastern war. We get back on track with neocon expansionism, but it's just not the Democrats brand. I don't know that that's a guarantee. I don't. And overall, DeSantis has proven himself to be a very effective leader. But I am concerned about foreign policy. And I really don't want to fall for this game where it's like you get some dude who talks all this good domestic policy and then you're like, I'm going to vote for him. And then he gets in and the first thing he does is blows a bunch of kids. And then it's like, I voted for that, man. That's why it's tough. It really, really is. You never know. I have a feeling what may happen is if Ron DeSantis is the nominee in 2024, I'll probably vote for him as it stands right now and then come to regret it when the foreign policy goes south. But again, I don't know. Maybe DeSantis does right by the American people. 
Maybe it's very limited in terms of foreign policy. It's not like a withdrawal, but not an expansion. I have no idea. We'll see what he says. You know, Ron DeSantis will be in these debates. We'll see what he has to say, and we'll see how Donald Trump handles it. Donald Trump debating a Ron DeSantis is going to be brutal because Ron DeSantis, too good. What's Trump going to say? How's he going to insult Ron DeSantis? Now, Trump's got a lot to say. He does. And he was able to roast the other Republican nominees in 2015, 2016. And you know what? Rightly so. These people were pathetic. They were neocons. They, they didn't know what they were doing. Jeb was awful. And Donald Trump was able to go in and say all these sweet nothings, talked about bringing jobs back, talked about all this good stuff that people wanted to hear, and then ragged on these Republican candidates for being trash, yeah, insulting their, their families or calling women fat pigs or whatever. I mean, there's a lot of bad things that I don't like about Donald Trump. What's he going to say for Ron DeSantis? He's going to say he doesn't have the experience. He's a good guy. I know you all like him, but Ron, you are wrong. Wrong. Listen, you've got to get in, blah, blah, blah. And we'll see. We'll see. I don't know if Trump can out debate Ron DeSantis. And when Ron DeSantis comes in and says, Mr. President Donald Trump, with all due respect, you are right. We got to bring our jobs back. The TPP was a disaster. We got to get our factories up and running. We got to stop the outsourcing of jobs. We've got to secure our borders. I have done that. And Florida's economy is booming because of it. People of this country, what I have done for Florida in terms of economic growth, I will bring to all of you. If you vote for me, mark my words. And that right there, I mean, he's going to say, look, Donald, I know that you didn't start the, the pandemic. You weren't responsible for it. But under your presidency, people suffered. And in Florida at the same time, we did right by our residents and citizens. And that's what we're going to do for the rest of the country moving forward. There's a big trick. There's a tricky thing here. Trump being so popular. Ron DeSantis can't come out and attack Donald Trump. He's too popular and they like him. Trump can't do the same to DeSantis. So it'll be really fascinating. Take a look at this from the New York Times. Half of GOP voters ready to leave Trump behind poll finds. Far from consolidating his support, the former president appears weakened in his party, especially with younger and college educated Republicans. Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida is the most popular alternative. You know it. <clears throat> no, no joke. Over at Predict It, we can see that 42% uh, of people say it's going to be Trump. 35 are saying it's going to be DeSantis. Now, it's not really percent. The way it works is you buy shares of whether or not you think something will be true, and it goes up to the dollar. So 35 cents for DeSantis to 42 for Trump, meaning if Trump wins, for every share you have, you get like 42 cents or whatever if, if he wins. But by the time he wins, if you're right, you get like a dollar. So the idea is like if you buy Larry Hogan, which is a really bad idea, and then you buy like 103 cents. Well, now you've got, you know, 100 times a dollar. You get $100 for your, you know, three cents, whatever you ended up putting in for it, right? Substantially less money. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Anyway, I digress. Over at the New York Times, whether we actually take this uh, polling seriously, because I'm not saying you can just trust singular polls. They say, 
by focusing on political payback inside of his party instead of tending the wound, uh, tending to wounds opened by his alarming attempts to cling to power. Mr. Trump appears to have only deepened fault lines among Republicans during his year long revenge tour. A clear majority of primary voters under 35, 64 percent, as well as 65 percent of those with a college degree, a leading indicator of political preferences inside the donor class, told pollsters they would vote against Trump in a presidential primary. Mr. Trump's conduct on January 6 appears to have contributed to the decline in his standing, including among a small but important segment of Republicans who could form the base of his opposition in a potential primary contest. While 75 percent of primary voters said Mr. Trump was just exercising his right to contest the election, nearly one in five said he went so far that he threatened American democracy. Oh, calm down. It was bad. It was bad. And it's getting bad. But I think Trump mostly did nothing. Look, telling people to come protest is nothing. Saying it's going to be wild is nothing. The January 6th committee is full of it. But I got to be honest. I am, um, I'm, I'm, I'm right in the, in the middle right now between DeSantis and, and, and Trump. I got to be completely honest. I know, I know, such a Tim Pool answer. Come on, Tim, take a side. Is it Trump or DeSantis? I will say this immediately and outright. Ron DeSantis would be a better leader than Donald Trump. Sticks Hex and Hammer, I think he's fantastic, disagrees with me. He tweeted, uh, tweeted in response, nope. And then he quote tweeted me and says that I dis- he disagrees. I respect it 100%. I know a lot of people would prefer to see Donald Trump. I, I don't see it. And that may be because I don't come from the right. I am a disaffected liberal, as it were. As it were. Ron DeSantis, he stands for policy positions that don't, I don't completely agree with. I'm worried about the BDS stuff. Because I, I think people have a right to free speech, but there are some nuanced issues there. So it's always it's always nuanced, isn't it? Uh, I'm not pro-life. I oppose abortion. I think it's bad and wrong. But there is a, a challenge here with the Roe v. Wade stuff about what the government's rights are versus what individual rights are, which, which leads me to say I think abortion in every case is wrong. The intentional termination of a baby's life. There are some circumstances where I think Well, so it it depends on your definition. I'll put it this way. The CDC says ending the life of a uh, of a baby. I'm sorry, terminating a pregnancy in a way that does not result in a live birth. So some on the left will say that abortion is the treatment for um, a a, an ectopic pregnancy. And that's not true. It's called something else. Losparectomy or whatever. I don't know. They cut an incision in the abdomen and they go into the fallopian tube and they remove it before it gets bad. You could argue, in a sense, it's an abortion, but the right is talking about the procedure of an abortion, like the literal procedure of how they conduct the overwhelming majority of abortions to, uh, to end a pregnancy. I'll just put it this way. Simply put, elective abortion is bad, but I don't know where the government has the authority to come in for someone's private medical issues. And that's why I actually lean towards the Roe decision, which is like pre-viability is an issue of the mother's privacy. And afterwards, there are two individuals involved. And that was the big issue at play. So I don't I don't fall in the staunch conservative right wing space. I fall in the Joe Biden. Joe Biden is a disaster. He's destroying the economy. Facts are real. I read news sources across the board and I know what's true and what's not for the most part. And the left is in a cult watching things like the January 6th committee hearing nonsense. And then I watch the news and I say, I understand Ben Shapiro's point. I do. I sat down with, uh, with, with over at the Blaze with Glenn Beck, and we talked about pro-life versus choice. And I was like, man, I just, I don't know where the government can intervene in, in these issues. I think elective abortion is wrong, meaning women use it as contraception. 
But it's just like, man, it's tough. It is tough moral position. I don't, I don't know what the right answer is. I'm not going to pretend. I, I, try to, I try to quantify morality, and maybe you can't. I try to figure out the logic of how you be fair, and it's like, man, there are two lives involved here. I don't know how you do it. I really don't. I want to believe in liberty and individual choices. The baby has rights, in my opinion, but man, it is just difficult. A woman getting um, raped, and this is, this, is, this is my point, not to go on the abortion stuff over and over again. My point is the politics. I'd prefer not to vote for Republicans, but there's no Democrats who believe in individual liberties, who would oppose the war, who would call out the racism of the left, who would call out the, the insane gender ideology. So for me, my faction, we're politically homeless. The best bet we have is vote for some Republicans on domestic issues, but then what? Regret the foreign policy issues? It's tough, man. I don't know the answers. But the media is even gearing up to smear Ron DeSantis anyway. New York Mag's Jonathan Chait doubles down on comparing DeSantis to Trump. Authoritarian to the bone. Oh, you know what, man? Shut up. There's no right answer, is there? I can come out and say, I've never been a strong Trump supporter, but I voted for him for these reasons. There's a lot I don't like about him. And the January 6th committee can attack me because I read a news story about Donald Trump saying a thing was going to happen. You know what? I can't stand the left, the Democrats. At the very least, when I look at Donald Trump or DeSantis, I can disagree with them, but they don't lie about what I believe and who I am for political power. People like Liz Cheney and Schiff and Kinzinger are scumbags. Scumbags. Steve Bannon? Oh, there's certainly things I don't agree with him on. I have, I, I have uh, prominent friends, not liberal types, who don't like the guy at all for his political strategies. But at the very least, they, you know, I, I can tell you, they lie about nearly everything about the guy. I'm sick of it. Tell me the truth. Stop lying about me and other people and give a real reason to argue against anything I may have done or said, or Steve may have done or said. No. The left is in a cult, exemplified by the fact that you can take any prominent journalist, put them in the ground.news bias blind spotter and see all they consume is leftist media. Then you get the January 6th committee vomiting in front of the American people pretending with their sham committee hearing. But thanks for featuring me, I guess. Oh, hey, it's been a long time, but now I got to put myself in the thumbnail of my own video. Thankfully, uh, it's all it's a uh, uh, thankfully there's an independent media apparatus. Thankfully, we're winning. And I don't mean we as in Trump supporters or anything like that. I mean, we as in those who believe in the truth. When I look to the Daily Wire and I see their success, I say, good, call out the lies. When I look to TimCast.com and your support, you're helping call out the lies. Thank you, January 6th committee, for putting a weird out of context post in your, in your uh, show or whatever. Whatever. Thanks for including me. I'll make myself my own thumbnail for the first time in a long time. Thanks to you putting me in the news. I hope you're all having a good day. We'll talk more about it at uh, youtube.com slash timcastirl at 8 p.m. Thanks for hanging out. And I'll see you all then. New York City has published a public service announcement with instructions on how to survive a nuclear strike 
in the city. Their advice seems fairly bad, like you're probably not going to survive and the advice is kind of contradictory, but we'll get into that. I suppose considering the circumstances of what New York City is and how people live there, there's uh, not much you can really do to survive a nuclear strike. I mean, people live in bachelor cubicle apartments and there's no real protection. I suppose they could say something like, put your mattress against the window and then duck and cover, but I don't know what they can do. Uh, really, to help you survive a nuclear strike in a city like Manhattan. But the question is, why? Why did New York put out a PSA on how to survive a nuclear strike? Are we really at risk of nuclear war? And I suppose the short answer is maybe. No one really believes that nuclear war will happen. But with Russia advancing in Ukraine and NATO being all like, yo, we don't care. Ukraine is ours or whatever. The chances that there's a, a, a strike on the U.S., well, it's greater than zero percent, I suppose. Now, look, we all have our normalcy bias. We all have our optimism bias. We don't want to believe that anything like this could happen because it's never happened. And people seem to believe that mutually assured destruction will stop Russia dead in its tracks. Uh, except now we have Russia announcing the deployment of the Sarmat 2 Intercontinental Ballistic Missile, or uh, MIRV, multiple independently targetable re-entry vehicle with a maximum payload of around 50 megatons, which would just very much wipe out the eastern seaboard with a single ICBM. So let's break this down and talk about, um, should we actually fear this? Now look, I know there's a lot of fear mongering. I can't tell you what will happen? I can only tell you what's being reported in the news and how I feel about it. And it's going to be up to you. The Daily Mail reports New York City releases PSA for a nuclear attack after Russian state media boasted Putin could wipe out the U.S. US East Coast. Video says keep radioactive dust away from you. All right. So the video is actually kind of funny. It's very absurd and their advice makes very little sense. I, I mean, I get it. But uh, let me show you this from Yahoo News. From just this morning, director of Roscosmos, uh, Roscosmos, sorry, Rogozin posts picture of Sarmat nuclear missile. Again, says it will be serially produced. Oh, I'd like to show you the breakdown of nuclear weapons. I ought to be honest with you. I'm not super worried about the apocalypse or the nuclear nuclear war expansion or anything like that. I think the PSA is stupid and probably a bit fear-mongery, but I love talking about nuclear weapons. I did a, a segment for Discovery years and years ago where we talked about the true power of nuclear weapons, and it's just fascinating stuff, and I'll tell you why. The only experience uh, or, 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 or context people have for nuclear weapons, it typically comes from World War II. And people are like, little boy and fat man, these are the bombs we dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And they're like, look how powerful those bombs are. Uh, -uh those bombs ain't nothing. Ain't nothing. You, I'll say it again, ain't nothing. The bombs we dropped were called gravity bombs. You mean, that means we have a plane and we drop it and it goes kaboom. The yield on those was like 15 kilotons or 20 kilotons, I think, between the two of them. Kiloton. Okay, well, multiply that by about 1,000 and you get a megaton. 1,000. And now you're t you, you take a look at these MIRVs and the Sarmat 2 with 50 megaton capabilities. I will show you a map to break down the power on average. The weapons we have today 
are around 1,000 to 1,025 times more powerful. 1,000 times more powerful. And probably more than that. I, we have this map, nuke map. I love showing it. We'll show you what'll, I'll show you what'll happen if they drop a bomb on, say, New York City or Washington, D.C. And uh, I'm sorry. This PSA is insane. Because even a, a, a bomb from the 1970s or 60s would vaporize Manhattan. It's crazy stuff, man. Now, I will say, a lot of people don't understand that some of the nuclear bombs, people, people assume, they're not as strong as people might think. Like, if, we, if, if they used the, the bombs used in World War II, uh, most of New York would be really fine, but Manhattan would still get crushed, at least from, like, the, uh, the financial district or whatever. So here's, here's the story. New York City has released a public service announcement for a nuclear attack weeks after Russian state media claimed Putin could wipe out the East Coast. In the new clip released Monday, the city's emergency management department tells New Yorkers, so there's been a nuclear attack. Don't ask me how or why. Just know that the big one has hit. Okay, so what do we do? A city spokesperson tells citizens, while the likelihood of a nuclear weapon incident occurring in New York City is very low, it is important New Yorkers know the steps to keep safe. I just want to point out they don't really give you the steps to keep safe, to be honest. The three simple steps for New Yorkers uh, to follow are get inside, stay inside, and stay tuned. There is a reminder that staying in a car is not an option. Don't go outside until officials say it's, uh, say it's safe. The PSA spokesperson continues, if you were outside after the blast, get clean immediately. Remove and bag all outer clothing to keep radioactive dust or ash away from your body. That is good advice. That is actually good, all right? People are encouraged to head to a basement if they have one. There is no mention of duck and cover in the video. They close the video by saying, all right, you've got this. Wh what? In May 2020, Russian state media issued a chilling new nuclear threat to the U.S., boasting that Putin could wipe out the entire east and west coast with just four missiles. Not wrong. And this is just based on what we think we know. Why would Russia outright tell us what they could do? They would probably saber rattle. I mean, look, some people might be like, I have this powerful weapon. Don't come at me. But you'd also probably want to keep your more powerful capabilities a secret to prevent them from being, I don't know, uh, uh, to block their usage, right? Russia coming out and saying we can do this, it tells the U.S. how to defend against it. And the U.S. probably can. But considering the, dis the dysfunctional behavior of the U.S. military as of right now, I'm not so sure. So here's some stills from the clip. It's really funny. They say this woman's like, step one, get inside fast, get into a building and move away from windows, then stay inside, shut doors and windows. Dave Landau last night pointed this out. He's like, wait, so they're saying to get away from the windows, but then go to the windows. That sounds like bad advice. It sounds like bad advice because it's contradictory. And yeah, here's my understanding. OK, you definitely want to get inside. Uh, somebody super chatted us a, a breakdown saying the basement actually isn't a good idea. This is where it gets interesting. They say where you want to be after the blast is mid-level because the, the radioactive dust is going to settle on the roof or start accumulating on the ground. So you want to be on the second floor of a third story building, if, if you can, and you want to seal all the doors and windows. So tape them up, plastic all around them, put stuff in, in, at the bottom of the door because you don't want radioactive particles getting inside. Now, this I learned when I went to Fukushima. Fukushima for you Americans. And we wore these cloth suits, right? The reason is 
What you're really concerned about is that on the ground is uh, particles, that, that radioactive particles. And when you walk, it gets kicked up into the air and gets all over you. You breathe that stuff in. What people are really concerned about is radio- radioactive iodine. I think it's iodide-131. I could be wrong. Iodine-131. When you eat it, when it gets in your body, it goes in your thyroid and then messes you up. So maybe it wasn't smart for me to go to Fukushima. I went there with Luke Rydkowski, and uh, maybe we'll end up regretting it when we're in our 40s or 50s. The idea is that the younger you are, that the greater uh, risk you are, because the more the cells divide, if there's damage to the DNA, it can Like there could be an error and then you can have thyroid cancer and other problems. So uh, that's what they say to do in the event of a nuclear strike. People seem to think what you're concerned about is gamma wave radiation. And uh, that's like people think radiation is like the beams being emitted at you. What you're really concerned about, I mean, that is a problem if there's like a giant, I don't know, elephant's foot like in Chernobyl. But what you're really or, or the reactor in Fukushima, what you're really concerned about is alpha and beta particles, small radioactive particles that are emitting these waves that get on you and start damaging you. So take off all your clothes, rinse off in the shower, bag the clothes, tie it up, clean everything and stay safe. I will tell you this, though, my friends, if you are in New York City and they do use a Sarmat nuclear bomb, so, sorry, that, that doesn't matter. You're dead. So it looks like, is the map not going to load here? Oh, come on. What are you doing? Why aren't you loading? Oh, well. Maybe I can go back to Washington, D.C. Let's try Washington, D.C. again. I think that was loaded. No? What? There we go. There we go. We'll show you Washington, D.C., and I'll explain to you uh, why you're doomed. This is Nuke Map. For those that are listening, I'll explain. I have selected on Nuke Map, you can select the yield of a bomb. I have chosen the SAR Bama, the largest USSR bomb, 50 megatons. And uh, if that bomb were to hit Washington, Annapolis is vaporized. Baltimore is mostly vaporized. Washington, D.C., Alexandria, Fairfax, Gainesville, uh, La Plata, Indian Head, Triangle, Chesapeake Beach, Lothian, Bowie. It's just Germantown, Columbia, all gone. In fact, those who live up near Frederick, which is like 45 minutes away, you are just outside the real blast radius. But man, I don't know if the yield would be comparable uh, uh, in, in terms of effect. But this is the range that makes the most sense. Let's do this. Director of Roscosmos, Rogazin posts picture of Sarmat nuclear missile, saying it will be serially produced. This is a story from this morning. So Sarmat, the world's most powerful nuclear missile with a global range, is preparing it for new tests and serial production. This after they threatened to, uh, that, that, that they could wipe out the eastern seaboard. All right. How deadly is Putin's nuclear Satan 2 missile from Live Science? Now, it was dubbed the Satan missile by NATO because we don't like the Russians. It's ominous, but experts say it hasn't changed existing threat levels. Okay. Well, the context there is really important. They go to mention it's got massive range, that the Sarmat 2 is capable of carrying up to 15 light nuclear warheads in an array known as a MIRV, multiple independently targetable reentry vehicles. MIRVs are a missile type first made in the early 1960s and are designed to allow an intercontinental ballistic missile to send multiple warheads to different targets. Oh, yeah. Here's the most important part. Comparing silo-based rockets alone, the new Russian rocket looks formidable. It can launch a maximum payload with a yield of roughly 50 megatons of TNT compared with the U.S. Minuteman 3, which carries a maximum payload of 1.425 megatons. What are you kidding me? Near, was it 30 to 35 times 
the power of our U.S. Minuteman three? No, 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 that that's that's that can't be right. They're going to say the U.S. has conducted 17 different hypersonic missile tests, 10 which have failed. Oof. The last, a test of Lockheed Martin developed hypersonic air breathing weapon concept, flew sometime in mid-March 2022 and was a success. All right. I am not an expert on hypersonic missiles, nor for the most part, nuclear weapons, but I can tell you a little bit. The concern with hypersonic weapons, they are not faster than ICBMs, intercontinental ballistic missiles. They fly lower and they're hard to detect and they can move and maneuver very, very quickly. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So I don't understand. Uh, let me see if I can reload. I, I, I'll, I'll show you this. Here's Washington, D.C. Baltimore gets hit in the you have the therm. Uh, let's, let's start with the beginning. The radiation radius right there in the middle. So if you're in D.C., oof, central D.C. is just va- is just swimming in nuclear waste and it's completely vaporized. The fireball radius extends outwards just south of Silver Spring and reaching into Alexandria. The heavy blast damage radius says at 20 PSI overpressure, heavily built concrete buildings are severely damaged or demolished. Fatalities approach 100%. So that's the red right here reaching near Alexandria. Then you get the gray circle, which engulfs Silver Spring College Park in Alexandria. Heavy blast. This says resident, most residential buildings collapse. Injuries are universal. Fatalities are widespread. Then we move into the light blast damage radius, which will hit Annapolis, Baltimore, Germantown, Leesburg. Man, Fairfax is gone. They say glass windows can be expected to break, causing injuries to the surrounding population who come from a window. And then you get the thermal radiation radius. Everyone's inside this. Third degree burns extend throughout the layers of skin and are often painless because they destroy the pain nerves. Holy. They can cause severe scarring or disablement and can require amputation. 100% probability for third degree burns at this yield. Annapolis, all of it, third degree burns. Baltimore, third degree burns. Urbana, wow. I want to I see if we can get New York to load properly. There we go. We got New York here. New York is finally loaded. This is, this is the point I want to make. When they say, get inside, duck and cover, now you can see the context. A 50 megaton bomb will <laughs> lightly blast not only the entirety of Manhattan, but it'll reach Norwalk and Stamford. All of New York City is in the light blast damage where glass windows will break and people are injured. But let me just put it this way. The, the moderate blast damage, which causes most residential buildings to collapse, fatalities being widespread, massive burns and, and just people dying. That's the entirety of Manhattan, the entirety of Manhattan. In fact, the the heavy blast damage radius, which vaporizes everything. Yeah, that extends nearly up to Harlem. If you live in New York City and they and they launch a 50 megaton bomb, Sarmat 2, 
you're not doing anything. In fact, you probably won't even realize it happened because you won't exist in a matter of seconds. Now, if you're in like outer Queens, I mean, even Queens is getting hit by this, to be honest. But if you're in like Flushing or Garden City or Hempstead or Freeport or East Rockaway, Long Beach, which I think are are part of New York City, I mean, the, the MTA goes out there. You're in the light blast damage radius. Your windows will shatter. Your nerves will be burned off. You have to be as far as Ilsip in, in Long Island to be outside of the blast radius. In New Jersey, Long Branch, New Brunswick, Newark, Patterson, it's all getting basically vaporized. Plainsboro, I mean, <laughs> get inside, duck and cover. Uh, okay, dude, I'm pretty sure if you're hit by a Sarmat, all right, but maybe Sarmat's unfair. Maybe what we'll really see is like the Titan II warhead, the highest yield ICBM the U.S. ever deployed at nine megatons. Come on. All right. If that happens, most of you will just get third degree burns and suffer for a very long time. Yeah. So when they come out and say all that, let me show you the RS-28 Sarmat. Amazing. It is a MERV a multiple independently targetable re-entry vehicle equipped with super heavy intercontinental ballistic. Uh, uh, it is a MERV equipped ICBM is intended to replace the SS-18 Satan in Russia's arsenal. I believe it made its first test flight on the 20th of April, 2022. This is massively powerful stuff. Now, the RS-28 will be able to carry, carry 10 tons of payload. That's 10 heavy or 15 light MIRVs capable of 50 megatons. It will have fractional orbital bombardment capability. So first, let me show you this funny little image here of what a MIRV is. The MIRV. It fires up into the air, reaches outer space, and then the, the warp top uh, shatters, dropping a bunch of different payloads. You can see it's step six. And these can bombard multiple cities. Now, if the uh, Sarmat 2 can carry 50 megatons and there's 10 each, that means each could be like a five megaton burst. All right. All right. Let's see if we can get something around five megaton. Dong Fang in the nuke map shows us a five megaton burst. If they fired Sarmat 2, they could hit 10 cities, presumably with five megaton bombs. Okay. If you're in New York, you vaporized. Sorry, like the heavy blast damage extends to Harlem. What are you going to do with the moderate blast damage? Most residential buildings will collapse. Get inside. I guess it's better than nothing. But then the building falls on you up up to Mount Vernon and Yonkers. You will experience third degree burns and your nerves are all fried off. So maybe you do want to be inside. Maybe you do want to be in a basement for that blast. But Newark Airport, JFK Airport, LaGuardia Airport vaporized. Honestly, I think if you're in those airports, though, they're probably very strongly reinforced. You're in the basement. You might survive the worst of the worst, but yikes, man. The question is about radioactive fallout, and that's a different question. And then I want to show you this, the fractional orbital bombardment system. What does this mean? To put it simply, undetectable. Here's how it works. In this image I am showing you, the launch site for an ICBM shows the missile go up into the stratosphere with an apogee of about 1,200 kilometers. It enters the early warning radar very soon. And that means a country like the United States can very easily then set up its kind of like anti-ICBM system. I'm assuming the U.S. probably has something uh, similar to the THAAD or the Iron Dome defense system. 
These are defense systems. Thad is deployed in South Korea, I believe in South Korea, and the Iron Dome in Israel. They fire missiles to intercept and blow up the other missiles in the air. But what if they deploy 10 warheads? How, then what do you do? Now, here's the bigger question. The fractional orbital bombardment system has an apogee of 150 kilometers in the air. That means it doesn't reach early warning radar until way later, making it very difficult to intercept. Now, the U.S. says, ah, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. Perhaps. So let me do this. I love Nuke, Matt. This is fun. Let's say uh, this is an airburst, what I've been showing you. Airburst is the most effective for widespread damage because when the, people don't, a lot of people don't realize this. You don't want the, the strike to actually hit the city. You want it to blow up over the city so that it expands and the blast will hit as much as possible. But surface, which is also possible for gravity bombs, or it's entirely possible. We can see here. Let me, let me, let me show the radioactive fallout. So this is what radioactive fallout looks like on a surface burst. Let's go to Washington, D.C., detonating a five megaton bomb with radioactive fallout. So if if Russia were to drop uh, uh, to fire this and it was a five megaton burst and it's it spread all over the East Coast, it wouldn't really look like this because this is just a single five megaton bomb hitting Washington, D.C. But for those that are watching, what you can see is if Washington were hit, with a surface strike five megaton bomb, the radioactive fallout would be spread through Baltimore, Bel Air, Philadelphia, Trenton, all the way up through New York. Sorry, everything from Washington, D.C. up to Massachusetts is getting blanketed with thermal rate with with five. Uh, wow. With uh, with radiation. That's oh, I'm sorry. Here it is. Yes. With fallout. At, uh, so the radioactive uh, spread. We can see 1,000 rads per hour through Baltimore, Bel Air. Philadelphia is in the 10 rads per hour, but surrounding it like Norristown and Westchester is 100 rads per hour. New York is going to be between 10 and 1 rads per hour. This is, you will be blanketed with radioactive fallout. So, how's your morning going? I don't know what to expect, man. The only thing I can really say is where we are at Timcast, we're good. Even in the event that they drop 50 megatons straight on Washington, D.C., we're fine. Here's the real issue. Will they hit Washington, D.C. directly or will they go to like, I don't know, Mount Weather or something? Because I don't I don't know exactly how you find uh, Mount Weather here on the map. I don't know exactly where it is, but I know it's like west of D.C. and there's Raven Rock and things like that. So uh, then we're probably in trouble. I wonder if I can search for um, let's see if I can search for this. Uh, Mount Weather. Let's see if it'll show me where it is. Oh, look, it will. Let's let's uh, Mount Weather. There we go. Uh oh, oh, that's bad. <laughs> oh, okay, no, we're still good. Although we're <laughs> we're not good. Mount Weather is is much closer to where we are. So let's say we get hit by an. Uh, let's do an airburst, airburst fifty megaton bomb. Yeah, we're we're done. See, Mount Weather is reportedly the emergency bunker for uh, D.C., and if that gets hit, I'm in a really, really bad place. Okay. Well, it is what it is, so there you go. Maybe we'll flee up to Hagerstown and we'll be okay. Well, maybe it's all scaremongering, fearmongering, to get the U.S. to be like, we got to stop Russia before they nuke us. Whatever, man. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. 
Ladies and gentlemen, we have one of the most epic get woke, go broke stories ever. And it only took four years. Starbucks is closing 16 stores over employee safety concerns. Starbucks cites reports of drug use, other disruptions at stores in five major cities. I want to read for you a series of news articles, my friends, but I'm not going to bury the lead. First, I must bring you back in time. Four years. Four years we go back in time to April 15th, 2018. The New York Times reports. Starbucks CEO apologizes after arrests of two black men. It was following this outrage that Starbucks announced we are going to allow anyone to use our bathrooms. It used to be to be a customer. Two black men got arrested on suspicion of trespassing in Philadelphia Starbucks on Thursday. The police commissioner defended the actions of his officers, but Starbucks apologized. You see, the issue was that these guys like we're waiting for someone created this big hubbub. And then for whatever reason, Starbucks was like, OK, look, you can use your you can use our bathrooms, man. Like we don't anyone can use the bathrooms. I don't want to deal with this big mistake. I then travel you forward in time four years to this story from CNN. Starbucks may close its bathrooms to the public again, June 10th, 2022. Ah, yes. You see, uh, rampant drug use was a big problem. And Starbucks said, maybe we need to close our bathrooms. I mean, it was a PR stunt because activists pretended to be angry. Well, I'm sure the activists were actually angry. Uh, So here we go. This is from June. Starbucks CEO Howard Schultz says his company might not be able to keep its bathrooms open to the general public. The coffee company opened its bathroom to the public in 2018 after two black men were denied use of the bathroom in a Philadelphia Starbucks while they were waiting for a friend to arrive. When they then sat down in the store without ordering anything, a Starbucks employee called the police and they were arrested for trespassing. No charges were ever filed. Can I just pause real quick and say, dude, if you have a couple dudes of any race, I don't care, hanging out like we're waiting for someone, you say, "Okay, so what? Starbucks called the cops on these guys. That's crazy. Now, uh, there may be something else to this story we don't know about, because I really just don't believe the idea that a Starbucks employee really would care that much and be like, I don't like them sitting there. Unless it was like some, I don't know, angry manager type or whatever. But it's okay. So sure, they shouldn't have been arrested for trespassing. The cops should have came in and been like, dude, they asked you to leave. I guess these guys were like, we're not going to leave. And then they get arrested. Here we go. Schultz said at a New York Times deal book conference in D.C. that the company may have to change the policy. He said that a growing mental health problem was posing a threat to staff and customers and making it difficult for Starbucks employees to manage its stores with the current policy in place. We have to harden our stores and provide safety for our people. The Times quoted Schultz as saying at the conference, I don't know if we can keep our bathrooms open. So, ladies and gentlemen, I now bring you to the greatest, most epic, get woke, go broke of all time. Everyone agrees. Instead of just shutting the bathrooms down, Starbucks being backed into a corner by their stupid woke activism is shutting down the stores outright. Let me say that again. And I hope I can hear y'all laughing. They pandered to the woke crowd. Fine, we'll open up our bathrooms. Then they were like, hey, wait a minute. This is exactly the problem everyone said was going to happen happening. That drug use was going to be really bad. The bathrooms would get trashed and it would be very dangerous. Okay, so what are you going to do? 
Starbucks says, well, what if we just shut the bathrooms down again? Uh, 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 then you're going to get mass protests. That's it. Shut the store down. Shut them down. No more coffee for anyone. You lose the money, Starbucks. Too bad. But you know what? I don't think Starbucks cares. They're shutting down these locations and all that all that's really going to happen is the people who like Starbucks aren't going to be able to buy it. And you know what? It's your own fault because I know no I know I know most people don't care about the bathroom stuff. They don't. But you did not push back against the woke psychotic narcissists who keep gaining power. So now your Starbucks goes away. Market Watch reports as of yesterday. Starbucks Corp said Monday that it's closing 16 U.S. stores after workers reported incidents related to drug use and other disruption in cafes. Starbucks said it would permanently close six stores each in Seattle and Los Angeles, two in Portland, and single locations in Philadelphia and Washington, D.C. by the end of the month. The company said it received reports from workers about incidents that they said involved drug use by some customers and in some cases members of the public. In certain locations, Starbucks said it would transfer employees to other locations when it permanently closes the stores. Quote, we read every incident report you file. It's a lot, wrote U.S. operations lead Debbie Stroud and Denise Nelson in a message to U.S. employees Monday. We cannot serve as partners if we don't first feel safe at work, they said, referring to the company's term for employees. Starbucks also said it would give store managers leeway to close restrooms, limit seating or reduce operations in response to safety concerns. The moves are part of policies aimed at addressing workers' concerns, including about their safety on the job, the company said. OK, OK, I, I just got to I want to say it. Who wants to open a coffee shop? I'm not even kidding. Here's what I want to do. There's a Starbucks nearby, OK, where, where we are in the, in the Western Maryland, West Virginia area tri-state. Here's what I really want to do. I want to open up a coffee shop with excellent, robust, delicious coffee. And I want to pay the employees the most I could possibly pay them. I want to subsidize a coffee shop and run it like a hippie socialist co-op and then go to the employees at Starbucks and say, listen, you worked for a company that prioritized people who don't work here, who prioritized drug users. So here's what I'll say. I'll ask them. It's up to them. Would you prefer to work for a company that is going to turn over the overwhelming majority of profit to you, the workers? It, it, this, we need to maintain the space. So profit is going to be necessary in creating the buffer. And um, we're not going to prioritize people who aren't here. We are going to tell you, the employee, if you feel unsafe, close the bathrooms. If you think someone's a problem, call the cops. We're not going to play these woke games. I'm sick of it. Starbucks doesn't care about its workers. They don't care about the, uh, about the issues of the public. They care about avoiding protest. Now, my understanding is Starbucks ain't all that bad in terms of how much they pay their employees. They actually pay decently well is my understanding. But I also know that the margins on a cup of coffee are massive. The cost of a cup of coffee is very small and they charge a lot for it. OK, here's what I want to do. I don't care about making a chain of, uh, of coffee shops. I don't care about taking over the coffee shop world or getting rich off running coffee shops. But I do care about this. I care about Starbucks doing stupid things. And now these stores are shutting down. How about you protect the employees who work at your store? How about you do right by them? Oh, we're going to transfer them. Oh, please transfer them. So if somebody works in downtown Philadelphia and you're like, we've got a suburban store, we've got a store three miles away, you think that's going to be feasible for these people? No. How about this? How about we open a coffee shop? 
Then we, 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 I'll, I will, I will hire someone to stand outside of Starbucks being like, quit your job here and come work for us. We're better. Now there's the risk. Starbucks being a massive multinational corporation. Yeah, they probably can afford to pay their employees more, more than we can. But I wonder if my willingness to see them face the repercussions of their action is just going to be more worth it, more valuable. I think, I know Starbucks likes to subsidize stores. At least this is the rumor that I've heard. I could be wrong. They subsidize their locations because they make so much money across the board to compete against anyone who would, who would oppose them. But I'm willing to turn a minimal profit. Here's, here's, my, here's my vision. We open a coffee shop. We get good quality stuff, maybe some Krigler coffee, um, maybe some coffee brand coffee. Then we sell the cup of coffee at a price that is comparable or competitive with the Starbucks that will be right across the street. Better quality stuff. And instead of taking big profits from the store for myself, I'll just kick it back to the employees. I'll show them exactly how much we're making. And I'll say, if the store makes a million bucks, I'm just going to split that up amongst the employees based on position. The manager will get a little higher percentage than the assistant manager, than the employees. But everybody will see a cut of that profit at the end of the month. And a small amount of that profit will go into a bank account that will be used as a buffer. If there's a, uh, let's just say, a stormy period where customer, uh, you know, sales are going down, well, then we want to make sure everyone's getting paid. And that's what that buffer in the bank account will be for. And then once we cross a certain threshold of like six months operating costs, we just start kicking out bonuses, kicking out bonuses. Because like I said, I don't care to run a coffee shop. It's not my dream to be a coffee shop owner. It is my dream to stick it to these woke corporations that have sacrificed the safety of their employee for politics. I want them to know. And maybe, maybe we can make a change in this world because maybe then we do start opening more and more of these coffee shops that function more like co-ops where people who work there can feel proud can have input and can make good money and have healthcare benefits and make that living wage. Maybe that's what we need. I'm sick of it. The whole Starbucks model is send all the profits up to the top. Well, you know what? I do well enough with my videos. I work for myself. I have, I have my camera. I produce the segments. I record. I upload. For Timcast IRL, we have some employees. I pay the employees. I would love to build businesses that are sustainable and that cause Starbucks to feel pain. I want the local Starbucks to say, we just can't compete. Nobody wants to work here. Everybody wants to work there. Their coffee is cheaper. And then, good luck, Starbucks. Play your, play your games. I'll do the same thing with TimCast.com. Become a member at TimCast.com because this is what it's all about. I don't care about an infinity pool. I don't care about that stuff. You know what I care about? I want Disney to feel the pain. I want Netflix to feel the pain. I want these big corporations that spit in our faces and pander to a psychotic group of narcissists as they watch our cities burn to the ground. I want them to say, why are we losing subscribers? Oh, it's because the Daily Wire is expanding and offering up great content. Oh, it's because TimCast.com is doing the same thing. We've got some comedy specials in the pipeline. We've got some new shows in the pipeline. I'm not saying, you know, look, I don't know if TimCast.com will ever be big enough to make Disney and Netflix and Amazon regret their decisions. They are kings among men in terms of their mass and market share. But maybe I will just keep churning in that direction. I want to open this coffee shop right next to Starbucks. 
And I'll, and we should call it like we hate Starbucks coffee shop or something dumb. No, okay, we'll make it legit. We'll call it like, you know, coffee bean, coffee bean or something stupid. I, I guess coffee bean is taken. People said the coffee beanie or castle coffee beanie or something. Whatever, we'll figure it out. And then I'll just say to the employees, we're going to we're going to do right by you. Now, I understand I'm not naive. Sometimes you get bad employees. You do. The idea is that I have, if you don't want to be here, you shouldn't be here. And so what do I have to do to make sure the people who, who are passionate and want to be here are the ones who are here? I know there are people out there that love making coffee. I know there are people out there that make espresso-based drinks that, are, that love drawing the pictures, and it's a craft. I want those people to make good money, to live a good life, and to feel really excited to show up the next day. And you know what? The customer is not always right. I want to tell the employees, if you got some customer coming in and giving you the business, be professional, but treat it the way you feel it deser- you, you deserve to be treated. I'm not playing these stupid games where like a customer can come in, demand service for an employee, and the employee is supposed to be scared because their boss could fire him on the spot. I don't want to play that game. I want a good business, and I want to say, screw you guys, to Starbucks. Let's take a look at what's happening around the country. 7-Eleven Day. Look, I get it. Starbucks, get what? Go broke. We've got crime all across our major cities. 7-Eleven Day, the hunt for the 7-Eleven killer. Cops search for lone masked gunmen who killed two and injured three in a wave of robberies at six stores on 7-Eleven Day. July 11th was free Slurpee Day. You know, this is, this is what I'm fed up about. These 7-Eleven, 7-Eleven employees, they should have guns. So we're going we're gonna to open up, a, I want to open up a cafe in, um, in West Virginia. And I want my employees to be strapped. I want you to be carrying. And I want you to be trained. Look, I, 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 I respect and recommend the Second Amendment uh, rights to individuals. I respect that people would keep and bear arms. If you're going to be in the store and you're going to be working, I expect you to go to the range and take it very seriously. But I want, I, I don't want this to happen. Somebody walks into my store, we're going to have a big sign on the door saying, proud Second Amendment coffee shop. It's West Virginia, baby. Maybe we'll do some kind, we'll, we'll, we'll buy a bunch of that black rifle coffee and we'll say, we want our employees to be armed. You want to come in and rob our employees? You're making a big mistake. You know, I'd love, I'd love it if the coffee shop employees had like an AR on their back, just like ready to go, baby. You know, it's probably not the right thing for um, close quarters defense. So maybe, you know, you know, maybe a frangible rounds and a handgun or something makes more sense. Okay, but maybe like some, you know, what, what are they called? What are the holsters when like Crowder wears? That's what, that's, that's what I want. Gun coffee. We treat our employees better. We want them to protect themselves. We don't want them getting robbed. Let me show you this story we got from the New York Post. This is what it's like in these cities. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. New York City bodega group pitches stand your ground law after fatal stabbing. In New York. They want stand your ground in New York. Good luck. Dude. I don't understand how people live this way. When When we did the event in New York City. The Minds event. And we're speaking and stuff. And we got Tulsi. James O'Keefe, we had crazy security. 
because there are crazy people out there. You could be a bodega worker and some dude comes in. I guess the story was like some woman was mad that the cost of goods went up a buck or something. So she threatens the guy. She gets her boyfriend who comes in and jumps the counter and attacks the bodega worker. He defends himself. The woman then stabs the bodega worker. The bodega worker then stabbed the dude. Dude died. They locked the bodega worker up. Yo, he was minding his own business. He got attacked. Why would you want to live that way? No, I'm sick of this, man. No respect for individuals for their life. These are good people. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me ask you a question. There's two people. One guy is working the land, his own land, minding his own business. He is growing beautiful pumpkins and zucchinis and tomatoes and, and, and other such delicious vegetables, minding his own business. And he eats them and he enjoys his life. He's got rice and he's got peanuts and it's just a good, a good life. Then some dude shows up, walks up to him, murders him, and then eats all of his vegetables and his crops, destroying the farm and leaving. Who's the bad guy? Right. We all know who the bad guy is. It's not the farmer who was minding his own business and growing his own crops. He was hurting no one. In fact, cultivating the earth was probably good for everyone all around with the bees and the birds and everybody coming, the little rabbits. He was probably doing right by the ecosystem. You see, I, I made the joke about vegans on Timcast IRL saying like vegans are eating the plants and the plants are minding their own business. It's the animals destroying the plants you got to eat. But in this scenario, I want you to think about this. Who should we stop? We want people to mind their own business. So why is it that with Starbucks, when someone comes and victimizes, we punish the Starbucks? The, the company says, no, no, open your bathrooms. And then drugs become rampant and people get attacked. Then you get these people, uh, uh, being attacked in their bodegas, 7-Elevens being robbed. Our society has become sick. It is punishing those who are minding their own business. Enough, man. Now, I don't know if I can open any bodegas, and I certainly don't want to be in New York City. But I can tell you this. I'd love to open that coffee shop in West Virginia right next to Starbucks. I'd love to offer better wages, better coffee, and I'd love for all the employees to be armed to the teeth. Everybody's just got holsters on. They're like, don't come in here looking for trouble because you ain't you ain't coming out with nothing but it. You'll find trouble, but trouble for you. These corporations, they don't care. The customer is always right. Wrong. The customer is not always right. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. We're professionals. OK, if you come in and you say you would like coffee, I will make you a coffee. If you come in and yell at me and insult me, I'll say, you know what? You can leave. And I want a coffee shop where the employees are empowered to do so. And then I want the employees to look at the bottom line. And I'll say, that guy you kicked out who wanted to spend 20 bucks, was it worth it? It might be. You might say, look, our bottom line at the end of the month, we're doing all right. We're making money we want. We're making the money we need. We're living well. I think that guy was a bad guy. He shouldn't be here. He was a mean guy. Okay. I just can't stand that. I've worked these jobs where it's like someone comes in there yelling at you and you have to just sit there and take it. No way, dude. I don't I don't like any of that stuff. I, you know, when I was younger, I was much more of an anarchist. And now I'm fairly liberal because I do recognize you need some authority. But the idea that someone who's making your coffee is beneath you and just has to listen to you and take what you and I'm, I'm nah, mm -mm, sorry, I don't play that. I'm sick of Starbucks. I'm sick of these big corporations. I've never liked them. I'm sick of how they pander to the establishment political elites over the people who make the business work. 
No. Now, I don't know if I look. A lot of people have hit me up saying they would they would help run the, the, the coffee shop. We'll figure it out. I still want to do it. And maybe I just need to hire the person who will. I think we're working at the direction we're, we're looking at setting up our own venue in West Virginia and we're going to have a skate shop and a game shop in it. So that means like during the day, people can come in for skate gear and stuff and watch videos, hang out on the couch. And there's also going to be board games, Magic the Gathering, coffee and all that stuff. So I think we'll do it. I don't know if it will be next to the Starbucks or anything like that, but we'll put our money where our mouth is. The plan for the venue is likely we're likely going to subsidize the, the staff there, meaning if you work, they'll probably get paid a salary more so than the business actually generates. But the way I see it is the venue is a means of one building culture, putting my money where my mouth is, and it's good marketing. We want to do Saturday morning family events. We want uh, families to bring their kids to hang out to watch good family-friendly educational kids shows and cartoons, to play games, to learn how to play things like Magic the Gathering, Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, whatever card game they want to play, and board games and other things that'll help make them smart. Chess, for instance. We'll have skateboarding stuff. We'll probably have uh, a skateboarding area. All in all, I want to make a fun place to hang out for families. And uh, we may end up subsidizing it. But here's the mission, man. TimCast.com. Everything we're doing with this, when you become a member... The more people we get signed up, the more we do things like that. So it's not so much about, are we going to make a business that's profitable? Obviously, our shows have to make money. We're fortunate that y'all support TimCast enough to the point where members are helping keep this boat afloat. But I want to I see more in this community. TimCast.com, the things that I'm building, it's not just about making money and looking at the bank account. That's not it at all. It's about having a positive impact and leaving behind something that's going to be great to make people's lives better. And I think we're going to do it. And part of it is calling out the get what go broke, making fun of Starbucks. So there it is, ladies and gentlemen, they can get what go broke. We'll do the opposite. I'm willing to bet that we can launch these projects like this venue with the with the intention of just paying employees living wages, making a great community space. And then all of a sudden, what's that? You make money doing it. I want to prove that when you get what go, you go broke. And when you do right by your community, you are well off. Let's make that happen. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash TimCast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.